I just like all of a sudden had this super dark, really crazy depression just like hit me. And then I was having like level 10 panic attacks. I'm like my life is up and to the right. Like this does not make sense. And then I went to the doctor and they're like, well, we found a mass on your brain. We'll take it out tomorrow and you'll be better. Um, that was a gross exaggeration. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Car Culture Podcast. And I'm excited today because we have Matt Henry, the Imperial Beach Dad with us. He is there in the Punish Sting, kind of his famous or infamous uh, <laughs> hot rod he's got there. So Matt, I'm, I'm really happy to have you and uh, glad to be talking to you today. Likewise, I'm stoked to be with you. You know, the first question that I always think when I see when I see the punish thing. So the first time I saw it, I think was on Hot Rod Power Tour last year. And it honestly, it's just kind of a bizarre car. So I am just curious where it came from. What is the story behind Punish Stang? Yeah, okay, well, it's named the Punish Stang and not because of the Punisher, uh, but because it punishes me and everybody who works on it. Um, We had like an electrical gremlin that like really kept it from being street legal for like three years. and it was the zip tie drags that really the first, like the inaugural one that was like, I'm going to get this car running. I spent like a year with my buddy just like wrenching on it like crazy. And um, we got it running. But like two months before that, I found out I had a brain tumor. I had surgery. It was like this crazy thing. And so it was really on my like, all of a sudden, I got to do everything I want to do. And so we kind of just bucketless living is this thing I invented. And I went to zip tie drags and I raced it for the first time. Um, the background on the car is I bought it from a buddy. And it's kind of one of those things where if you if you go onto Craigslist and you kind of just go to car you know cars for sale and then look up the word chop top, you'll get some really interesting things because you can chop the top of a car in a weekend and weld it together, but getting it put together is a whole different thing. And so I bought it as like a thousand piece assemble your own car out of all the pieces under this tarp kind of situation. It was just a shell. I got I got the guy to put it together as a roller, and we were friends, and I've been kind of trying to talk him into like buying it for a long time and um he's like listen before i slide these keys across the table you have to promise me that this isn't going to ruin our friendship because you're going to hate this car <laughs> like at one point he had speared it with like an iron rod there's like a hole in the door but i was like no likewise you know when i make this car awesome like we still have to be friends and so somehow it turned out into that and so yeah i raced it the first time at zip tie drags it's really insane it's a chop top it's got five inch chop in the front three inches in the back it's got suicide doors um Actually, the fenders are raked so that like ridges that would go down the fenders of a classic Mustang are shaved off. It's been bobbed, so the whole back end of the car has been cut off, shortened four inches and put back on. And then it had a flip-flop like hood that went up and over the roof so you yeah. could get to the engine. And it still has that as the trunk. But um, essentially, when we stuffed an, uh, a Chevy Suburban in, in 26 hours in a drag strip in the middle of a road trip, um, we had to lose the hood situation. So... Yeah, it's it's there's no there's no piece of metal on this car that has not been hacked or seen a grinder. Um, it's a really fun car. It's just gotten crazier and crazier as time's gone on. I my first drag race ever was at the first zip tie drags. Um, they always do like a names out of a hat thing to see who can race in like the fans versus um, you know favorites. I guess fans versus Freiburger Finnegan. And I was there just two months after brain surgery. Like oh my gosh, and I got. Like, I just text the car. I was there for the car show, but I text the car just because it would be fun to drag race it. Just what if I was there, you know, and it's like, I'm still alive. Let's do this. Then they drew my name. It's like, what? Yeah. So I ended up like drag racing against the Dragwar for my first drag race. So it's like 600 horsepower versus like 150 
horsepower, you know, stock new <laughs> with uh, oil seeping out of the gasket or the rings like crazy. And um, I ran like a an 18.5 or something terrible. Yeah. Um, but it was awesome. And it got, it kind of got the story started and it made a lot of friends on that drag strip. And that's what I found is when you go on an adventure, you make friends and memories. And so I just kept doing that. It became kind of addictive. And um, every time I've gone, I've made more friends and memories and uh, a bunch of strangers from the internet and those drag strips decided to just really kind of get behind me and help me do some wild stuff. And so they got together and said, all right, we're like, what happened was I had a five speed transmission from a Fox body. And I'm like, what if at tip time drags, we swapped the transmission and I had a five speed because I was going to go on hot or power tour. And, that would be awesome. And then during this other crazy adventure, I was I had bought a bus, like a 47-foot bus, and was driving it back from Texas, sight unseen, and, you know, as one does. And uh, and I stopped in Phoenix and was having lunch with these guys. I was like, hey, so are we really going to do this um, five-speed swap? And they're like, well, we've been talking about that. They're like, how do you feel about LS engines? And I was like, I like to party. <laughs> like, that's what I said. And then the next thing I knew they had like this Facebook chat that they'd already been going on for like weeks. And one of the guys spent like $500 of his own money and bought like a running LS. And they took it to their friend in the transmission shop. who's like, he builds SEMA cars and they went through the whole transmission and like, they had the whole thing ready to go. So we drove there full punish tank style, you know, breaking down all along the way. And uh, we got to zip tie drags and we just, we tore the whole engine out and, we got the engine mounts in and the lights went out. We were like, no. And then the next morning we just got to like, we welded all that stuff in place and like 30 dudes and a couple ladies, like we got the whole thing installed and it kind of became the event, honestly. Um, at the, you know, it was like the drag strip owner, Mike Hughes came over and was like, um, he, he's like, this is the best example of classic hot riding I've seen in decades. We're going to hold the drag strip open and you're going to race this car. I don't care if you oil down the whole track, don't take a, a practice lap, just go like, we'll clean it up tomorrow. He's like paying overtime to the whole staff, you know, like who, who says that yeah. uh, at a drag strip, just oil it down and we'll take care of it, you know? And uh, yeah, I raced again. And like, as I was pulling up uh, Finnegan's like, this is as roadkill as it gets, Matt. And I was like, oh. I did this massive burnout. And it was like, I, it was, the throttle response was crazy. I and mean, it wasn't tuned or anything. And it was just like, so I was so excited. And um, <laughs> I basically, burned one tire down the entire track so i took a second off my time but um it wasn't great and since then it's just escalated we went to ls fest after we did like a they got well crower was there and that's a big sponsor and they they saw the same thing and had the same impression they're like we want on board i mean they called the president and i'm talking to like you know the, the president of the company on the phone and he's like listen we're going to do a whole valve train we're going to develop a cam like whatever we can do for you we're going to do it and when you go turbo we're going to do it again. We have yet to go turbo. So I'm stoked <laughs> for that. And uh, they did. We did another. And this whole thing has been built on road trips by friends and strangers and kept on the road by people that we met along the way. Um, I hope you can see it. But my favorite part of this car is actually the inside of this door. Can you see that? Okay. Yeah. So it's all signatures. Every single one of those is people that I met along the way. Um, so like everybody who worked on the car signed it, but also like, you know, when I break down and I'm at a gas station, um, you know, there we go, uh, for whatever reason, and someone sees it and they decide to help out. You know, I'm, I'm at Costco and I can't open the trunk where the gas bill is. And I'm like, dude, I need to borrow a screwdriver. And some dude in the truck has a screwdriver. He gets to sign the door. 
and you know if a policeman comes and we're on the side of the road broken down but he thinks we've been in an accident because the door's open backwards and he hears what's going on and he shines a flashlight for us so we can fix it you know he gets to sign the door and so there's all these friends and memories that have been made and like that's my favorite part about the car it really is um it's just it's roof flashing from home depot but i made that inner door panel and it's just been signed by all these people there's an there's just an amazing story behind every single signature and to me that's that's even better than the other door which is like these are all the sponsors that have gotten on board yeah because car has friends they called some people and then they have friends and everybody just likes the car they like the story and um yeah this last year it went to sema like not like i just drove it there i did drive it there and you know it broke down three times on the way but it was featured like it was a feature car at sema i mean like uh, it's just gone way beyond what i ever could have dreamed and that's really the way bucket list living is for me something i invented but it's just saying yes to adventure like like no to cancer no to fear um and that's just what's happened it's like i, I just keep saying yes and people have bigger bucket list dreams than i could even come up with and so it's continued to do that. Like no matter how much we work on it, it does not become more reliable. Yeah. <laughs> Even in like the, from, you know, Imperial Beach was the very southwest corner of the United States, so the last stop before Mexico, which is convenient for when you need to do burnouts in Mexico. Um, <laughs> this car is faster than all the Federales, so that's good. Um, just in that short two-hour drive to Irwindale, I ended up onto the car like three different times in the rain with flashlights, rewiring the the stupid fuel pump like one wire at a time finding a fuse the first time running a new ground and then eventually running a power i had wires running out the car around the roll cage down the thing and i mean i have a roll cage what yeah. i like probably every three months i end up screaming out loud i'm doing stuff i've only seen on tv it's it's just so crazy i mean when we again in a, on a road trip we drove to phoenix and me and my kids this like i don't know if you can see the car seats in the back but this is my daily driver i take the kids to school in it like they go on every road trip because it's it's making friends and memories but i really want to make them with these kids right that's what's most important to me and so yeah we go on this road trip we strap the car to a dyno i mean i never even thought that would happen like a real tuner's got a laptop he's doing things i've only seen on you know the internet or tv um yeah we did a original like here's where it's at and then we did a whole top end build with a new cam and afr heads like what yeah like yeah crower was like hey like AFR wants to help and like jokingly we're like what about these heads and they were like done it was like what and then Crower like Shane Polito is the vice president but he's also like a rocket scientist he did like a wall of math like full-on Rayman stuff to like custom R&D a cam for those heads and this engine so like now if you have an LS 5.3 you can get those crazy heads and then get the cam that I have and it's it's designed for sound and torque that's cool. And it sounds epic with side pipes and no mufflers, which That's is what cool. I've got. So For one thing, like old cars attract people anyway. And then mm-hmm. you get an old car, like when whenever I see the punter thing, not knowing the story behind it, um, you look yeah. at it and you're like, wait a minute, there's a bunch of weird stuff going on here. And you want to know more about it. But then you find out that there's all these people connected to it and all these kind of inspiring stories and your story connected to it. And I think it just it makes it that much more interesting. So it, it's cool to hear all that. Yeah, it's a head turner. It's definitely one of those like purists beware. I mean, if you're like classic Mustangs should be restored. There's no, there's no going back with this car. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. It is. It's like a 400 wheel horsepower daily driven road trip car. I mean, we did 10,000 miles of father kid road trips last year. Like 
10,000 miles. We drove the Hot Rod Power Tour from the very southwest part of the United States. And it's all on the, you know, east side of the country and the whole thing. And uh, we ended up, they ended up making a whole series on us in the, in on Motor Trend On Demand. So if you go search Hot Rod Power Tour Season 6, it's like they follow Finnegan until the blasphemy breaks. We, episode one and the next five episodes are me and my kids and my friends just on our trip. And they end with me sitting on the hood telling our story. It's like, how is this real life? I, I don't even know. Um, yeah, and it, same thing. Like, you know, disability life is a very fixed income. I mean, this is more than I could ever do. And people are very helpful. It's like, we've just gotten it done. Um, it, and it's so cool. And and it's neat now that I've been drawing cardboard cars. And I know you have two in the background, I see there. Yeah, I got them, uh, I got them sitting there on my wall back there. So, but I think for some, yeah. maybe for some context, I know that probably most people listening probably know your story, but you said about, you got the car about two months before you found out that you had a brain tumor. Is that what you said? No, no. I've had the car like 10 years, but I got it running. Like oh, gotcha. Before. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd had it for a long time. I lived on a boat for a long time. And so it was in a friend's driveway and we piddled, like I pushed it into the first car show and then, yeah, you know, I, I got it to where it could run, but it was shredding tires off the fenders. Like it wasn't, you know, and then it, it would die all the time. After the first year we put a Fitech unit on it, which made it, I wouldn't say reliable. It made it so that it would start every time after enough shenanigans, but uh, it wasn't just like turn the key and it turned on, which is what it does now, unless my brain forgets to turn off all the electronics or whatever. Yeah. Obviously your life like completely changed. You found out you had a brain tumor. Um, you've kind of, uh, the things that I've seen from you uh, on social media or in things you put out there about bucket list living, brain tumor life, those sorts of things. Like what, what is that about and what has that done to your life and your outlook and the way that you approach life. Yeah. You know, it's changed everything. So I, you know, I went through, it's crazy because you get a brain tumor. And for me, I had been suffering through symptoms for 15 months and seeing all these doctors just trying to figure it out. And for me, it's on the, the, the emotional processing center of my brain, right on the fight or flight reflex. So I just like all of a sudden had this super dark, really crazy depression, just like hit me. And then I was having like level 10 panic attacks all day long. And it was like, I could be laughing with a baby and all of a sudden I'd just be having a panic attack. They weren't triggered. You know, doctors like, well, you're 35, you're stressed, take these pills. And I'm like, okay, whatever, lose some weight. I did all that stuff. But I'm like, my life is up and to the right. Like this does not make sense. And then I was relieved. Like I had a seizure and they did a, a that's how I found out is I had a crazy seizure. And, um, yeah. I went to the doctor and they're like, well, we found a mass on your brain. And I was like, Oh gosh, awesome. Like we finally have an answer, you know? And they're like, we'll take it out tomorrow and you'll be better. Um, that was a gross exaggeration. Um, I went underwent a partial lobectomy. I had this epic scar. And um, yeah, they took out part of my brain. So there's parts that I can't do anymore. So like there's, my memory does not work. It's like, it, it doesn't know how to file or retrieve stuff. But my visual memory works great. So like, I'm great on Instagram because I can recognize the username and all the conversations we've had. But it, in person, it's, it's difficult. So it's, it, it's changed everything. And again, it's on that fight or flight reflex. So if I get stressed... I really start freaking out and I, I become very mentally unstable, which is why I can't work, you know, even though I can function and do all these things on, on the high of Stoke. Um, if there's like, I've got to do a thing at a time, I, I get sick. Like it's, it's not good. So I've learned to live with that. And um, yeah, I call it brain tumor life because, you know, there's all these things that happen, right? Like I get real emotional over nothing or way emotionally over stuff. And um, it took a while to even out. Um, they put me on some medicines that, gave me like wild bipolar disorder. And so it was really, that's a side effect that can happen, I guess, from that medicine. And 
uh, we found one that doesn't have that side effect. It has a death rash that can kill you, but I didn't get that, so I lucked out. Um, yeah, and obviously I have, a, I have a good sense of humor about it, but my thing is like, dude, like live every day to the max. Like I have this awesome reminder because I look in the mirror every day. I have this crazy scar that reminds me like today could be the day, but like, bro, you're terminal too. I mean, like life is terminal. That's the way it works. And so like make friends, make memories every day. That's, that's what it is. And, um, you know, be responsible too. I have six kids and so, and one of them, well, I had three and two foster kids and my wife was eight months pregnant when all this happened. So yeah. within a month, our family doubled, you know, right after that. So, um, yeah, but it's like, dude, invest in what matters. And I think it's kind of neat with all, and obviously I, I wish there wasn't like a national, you know, an inner, well, a worldwide pandemic going on, but I like that it's giving some of the perspective that I've got where it's, it's causing everybody to be home and spend time with their families and, you know, it's good because it gets them to do, think about what matters. And, you know, people are calling their parents and zoom calling people that matter. And that's something that we, you know, we didn't do. And all of a sudden we remember, Oh, I care about this person. I want to be in touch with them. And so there's good things that have come out of it. I would say a lot of good things. Uh, I've lived every day intentionally since then. And I, I would encourage you and everybody, everyone listening to do the same um, seize the day. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, as long as this pandemic lasts, you know, with your friends and your, you know, your close people that you can stay inside with or whatever, but stay connected. And uh, as soon as this is over, get out on some adventures. Uh, I'm looking forward to power tour again. It'll be crazy. We're going to drive the whole thing again and I'm taking different kids. And uh, I'm looking for kids helmet this time. I want to take them. If they let passengers ride on some of those drag strips. So yeah. I want to get them in their first drag race. I saw recently that you had fully funded your power tour trip with the cardboard art, the cardboard drawings. Yeah. That's something that's really neat too. Uh, like I've always been an artist in the sense that like I could draw things, um, but that's just a thing I could do. You know, if someone handed me a pencil and said, draw this thing, I could draw this thing. But yeah, I, I was on a power tour. Well, a couple things happened. I, Emily and Aaron from Flying Sparks Garage, some good friends of mine, um, they went on power tour the year before and they had this crazy thing where like the stacked injection like filter came off, but it was stuck on the windshield like while they were driving she reached around and put it back on it was just this crazy story and so i drew a caricature of them and they ended up making a shirt out of it and like it kind of became this thing because she's like mega famous and so i didn't really do anything with it after that but when i was on power tour this last year my good friends um well nathaniel he was just turning 16 and him and his dad built this monza spider so he just was he was going to do his first burnout like on the trip and they were on the trip and so you know as i, I was I had a co-driver, so I was, when I was in the passenger seat, I grabbed a piece of cardboard out of like a gas station, literally a dumpster dough for a piece of cardboard, and I had a, a permanent marker, and I drew a picture of him in the Monza doing a burnout, and I gave it to them, and it was like a big deal, and, and ended up making a shirt out of it as well. And this last year, I just, I don't remember what started it, but I drew another one, and then another one, and it's like every time I post one, the, you know, everybody's excited about it, like you posted yours, but you post it and tag Vetcart or Miatacart, and then other people with Miatacarts, you know, see that hashtag and they're like, oh, dude, I want one of those too. Yeah. Which is neat because I've done things that are successful. I've made a t shirt or two that has sold, but it's all to my friends and people who are like, oh, we love that. We want to support him. This is the first thing that feels like a real job to me because I'm doing things for people who don't know me and don't know my story. And yeah, the budget was like two grand and like, you know, it took months, but like, even with giving some of that to the family, like, 
I earned it. Like, and you know, my wife was like, you can go because this cars are good for you. Like every time I come back from the trip, I'm healthier. I mean, even just coming back from until I went to um, or power tour, I could not go to a restaurant by myself. I would get so freaked out by just the pressure of people in line behind me and I have to make decisions. I got to figure out my crazy diet, and how to do all that. And like, I would just end up in tears, like in corners and stuff or just the noise. And like, every time I come back, she's like, you're better. And so cars are good for you. But, you know, we can't just pay for all this stuff. So, you know, if you earn the money, you can go. And, and I earned the money for zip tie drives, which gave us the confidence that I could do it. And I set an all-inclusive budget, like even the emergency fund for like parts and stuff. Because last year I had like, drop money in the door because there's no windows in this car. Yeah. <laughs> drop money in the door frame if you want to help buy parts and gas. And, you know, like people were, were generous in, in that. But like this year I don't have to do that, which is awesome. Uh, and, and it's been really fun because I feel like I'm adding value to people's lives. Like, they end up on garage walls and I get pictures of them in offices and like, in and people are framing them. Like it's just really neat. So it's been really meaningful to me to feel like I have something to offer again. Um, and it's something that's fun for me and life giving. I call it art therapy, but it's true. Like they say that even an adult coloring in a, in a coloring book, it, it's the same thing for your brain as meditation. So it's really healthy for you to do that. And so for me, it calms me down. It's really fun. It's something I can do around the family. So it's like, oh, dad's working, but like he's right there with you. Um, I can even take the cardboard on the couch with him. So that's kind of the story behind that. But I love it. It's, it's super cool. That's awesome. So w- when you talk about bucket list living, do you actually have like a list of things that you want to do? Or is it more like a mindset to approach whatever pops up in the moment? Yeah, it, it's really more of a mindset. It's crazy where it's gone. I mean, if you've seen my Instagram, The Rock like found out about it and gave me a shout out. He actually like really did that. I ended up in GQ magazine, like as a result of that. And like just a little thing, cause I won a contest, but it was really cool. Um, yeah, we've done all these crazy road trips. I, I entered my first surf contest again, just cause I had the opportunity and it's like, well, why not do it? And, um, it was crazy. My leash got caught on the pier and I was like trapped long enough that I was like, the lifeguards will come and save me at some point. Right. And eventually got off. And stuff. So I didn't do all the contests, but I, you know, I had the time of my life. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just saying yes to adventure and really trying to be intentional about making friends and memories when I do it. A big value for me is I want to leave everybody better than I found them in every interaction. And you can do that. Like, you can go into the gas station just deciding, I'm going to be the nicest person this person talks to today. And that it takes no effort to do that. You know, like, look at name tags when you're at the grocery store or whatever, especially right now. I mean, they're all, like, on the front lines risking their lives to touch your credit card or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like, Hey, Jenny, you know, thank you so much. How's it going today? Is it busy? Is it slow? Oh, it's really busy. Well, that's good. That makes the time go really fast. But yeah, it does. You know, like whatever you can do to do that, um, it it really makes a difference and it it fills you up, but it really leaves people again, better than you found them. And so that's a big goal of mine. And and every day it's, yeah, like to me, that's bucket list living. It's like, yeah, it's fulfilling and it's fun for me, but it's not, it's not about selfishness. Like I don't have this list of like, if I don't do this, I won't have lived my life. I won't have made the mark I want to make or any of that. It's like, I just want to make and preserve some memories for me and my kids um, while I'm still me. Cause you know, this whole thing may dissolve at some point. Although right now it just keeps getting better. I keep getting healthier, um, which is not supposed to happen. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's great. I want to play this little game that I have. I have five <laughs> audio clips and they are car related. So I'm, I'm going to play one at a time and see if you can, identify what you're listening to. All right. So the dude and, with the, with the memory, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're all, 
they're all thematic, but I'm not going to tell you what the theme is. So, um, okay. you'll figure it so out. So is it like, like movie clips that I would recognize or like, give me a little context. It, it's a mix, but I, I will tell you that they're all Mustangs. Okay. Oh, nice. All right. That, I mean, that's the theme. So, all right. First one, if you can hear it. Yeah, I hear it. Um, definitely a Mustang revving and not revving. I kind of want to just guess bullet because it's got to be one of the five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't hear enough squealing tires for that. No, that's totally it. It, it okay. is the it is bullet. Oh, I, I would have thought that the double oh. clutch shifting would give it away. Yeah, I just thought I'd hear more tire squealing is all. No, I, I picked a very specific clip so you could hear that double clutch. So that is the bullet Mustang 68 no. Mustang GT driven by Steve McQueen in the movie Bullet. Heck so yeah, I'm into that. I've got another one. That was the easy one. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see how this one goes. All right. So that was number two. Shoot. Okay. Well, it's definitely a police chase. Um, so that would be a movie for sure. And it was a car that crashed a lot in the movie. So you could hear it. Yeah. Crashing. Yeah. I heard the crash for sure. You could hear it wrapping itself around a, a light pole. Oh, man. I don't even have a guess. And you're going to say it and I'll probably know it, but I don't, I don't even know. So that was, that was Eleanor from the original Gone in 60 Seconds from the 70s. Oh, right. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't know if I've seen the original. So it's crazy. I need to like You should watch it. Um I have no idea what it's actually about, but it has a 40 mm-hmm. like a 45 minute car chase. It was like a low budget movie. The guy bought the cars in 71. He bought two 71 Mustangs. He didn't have enough money, so he made the movie later. Um the original Eleanor, even though it crashed into all these things, still runs and drives. So wow. it's a movie that I'm not, it oh, might have a plot. That. I have no idea, but it just, it's like the most epic car chase ever. And they just destroy the car in the movie. Dang. All right. So, all right. Next one. This one could potentially be the easiest one. Short clip, but. Yeah. Well, now I want to say that's the normal gun in 60 seconds. Is it? No. I can, Dang it. I can play it again. It's pretty short, but... Yeah, play it again. It was short. There's Is a that little, a Fast and the Furious? No, there's a little bit of helicopter in the background. Lots of rev limiter. Yeah, I heard rev limiter. So that is... I guess I'm out of guessing on that one. That's the uh, the Hoonicorn. Oh, right. Oh, not a movie, but yeah, dude. No kidding. Yeah. Man, that thing was super inspiring to me because, like, you're just seeing that for the first time, like an all-wheel drive way out of, like, out of the norm, like another just, like, right-in-your-face purist. Because uh, I had that car kind of in the sense of, like, it was so unique, yeah. but it was the first one that was popular. It was just like, that's epic. Um, 
I just remember that scene where he's just revving it up and holding the chains, like ready to let it go. And yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a. It's probably one of the coolest cars that's around. I would say. No doubt. Okay, another one. I don't know if this is going to be easy or not. We'll see. There's no distinguishing characteristics of that. Mustang no, there burnout. isn't. I'll just, I'll guess. Oh, it's a burnout. Shoot, I just thought it was engine. Um, I don't know. I'll guess Sherry 5000. So that that was the disgusting. Oh, nice. So, okay, yeah. That's awesome. From Roadkill. The disgusting is, is a funny car because like every problem he has with that, I'm like, I had that same problem. Yeah. Or every, every problem he's like, every Mustang has this, so we're going to just replace all the steering junk. I'm like, Oh, it's not just the punish thing punishing me. It's like a normal Mustang thing or whatever. And then uh, I've got I've got one last one. Do it. The guesses on that oh, one. Man. No, but it sounded great. That was a good sounding car. You should be very familiar with this one. Uh, <laughs> is it the punish thing? It is the punish thing. <laughs> oh heck yeah! Nice. I found I like I found like the best sounding clip of it on the dyno on the internet, and just thought it'd be fun to, oh, sweet. to throw into this. So. Oh yeah. So to me, you know, even the unreliability and all the punishment. Like they're, they're, they're cool. That's part of what makes this car fun. It's part of what makes life more interesting. You know, if you just went to a thing and did the thing and came back, you, you wouldn't remember very much. You'd be like, yeah, I went to the thing and it was cool. You know, I went to the show and I watched some drag races and they came back. But like if your car broke down and you and a buddy fixed it in the dark, like you're going to remember that forever. You're going to tell that story to your kids and your grandkids. Every time you see a car that's like that, you know, it, it's, you go, you do, do something before you have all the questions answered before you're ready. And you figure it out on the way. And that's really all life is anyway. It's like you're never ready to have a have a kid or any of that stuff. You just kind of, you know, when it happens, you get ready. Um, you know, it's, it's not really bucket list living. That's just living. But yeah. doing it more intentionally is a really good deal. Yeah, I, I, th- I think in life, if you think you've got something figured out before you leave, that you're, you're just kind of, you're, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> totally. I totally deceived. Yeah. I th- it's probably better to be honest and just accept what, what life is what life is about always matt thanks for being with us um if anybody wants to follow you your what your ib dad on instagram where should they check out your stuff where can they get a cardboard drawing yeah so imperial beach dad can you see that so ib dad is for short it's imperial beach dad and instagram is where i'm most active so that's the best thing is just dm me on instagram uh yeah and then i have a youtube channel as well um that's a lot of fun. So I try to try to as much as I can preserve some of these memories, but I'm kind of too much of an artist. I end up over filming and then, you know, not getting to the editing as much as I should. I, I like everything. And so, but there is some stuff. There's kind of like a documentary of how we swapped the ending and stuff. Um, but yeah. Get a hold of me on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. I really would. Like I, most of my peopling is done online and not just cause we're all like shelter at home. Since I got cancer, I've been shelter at home. I mean, I couldn't even, go out in the noises for a long time. And so I've lived my life online for quite some time. And uh, I have some really great real relationships. The cool thing is 
you know, it's all niche re related. So, you know, it's all car related. And then I go to these events and I get to put faces to these um, handles and stuff. So, yeah, find me online. Uh, I'd love to get to know you guys and uh, hopefully offer some stoke. That's one of my things is I always say stay stoked and you can do that kind of through whatever. That's a choice um, that you can do in any circumstance. So, yeah, that's how you guys can get a hold of me. And I hope that this left you guys better than I found you. Thanks again for listening to the Car Culture Podcast by Black Flag. We're honored that you spent the last hour or so listening to what we've created. And again, if you want to support the show, check out Black Flag. That's B-L-V-C-K-F-L-A-G-D.com. Be sure again to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, if you're just listening to the audio, check back about a week on our YouTube channel, and we will post this video so you can actually see some of the things that are going on. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next week.